Welcome back. As we head into Hour 3, I am Seth Liebson, and it's a delight to have again with us Sam Stone, political consultant in town, as well as a radio host in his own right. He hosts the Breaking Battlegrounds show. You can hear it every Saturday morning uh, on 9 a.m. right here on 960 The Patriot. Sam, welcome back. I hope you're well, brother. I, I am actually recovering from a cold, so, oh. you know, uh, well, this can be under the circumstance. If I break into a fit of coughing, I'll try to mute it, and I apologize to everyone out there. Oh, no, you sound just fine. You sound just fine. Uh, Got to send you some balance of nature, I suppose. Get you, Yeah, there get you go. Get your immunity boosted. I have been in your hood a bunch lately, um, trying to go through the menu at the Dirty Drummer Siriatum. Last night, I had their tuna melt. Just FYI. I have not had the tuna melt. Grilled, I do love a tuna melt. Yeah, grilled tuna. Yeah, you betcha. Really? With, yeah, grilled, yeah, grilled tuna with grilled onions. Uh, oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's really good. Um, okay, that being our food update, um, how about a mental acuity update, President of the United States? This could be the day that the Biden presidency is effectively over. I'm reading through the special counsel. I've been reading through the special counsel's report that was just issued on his classified documents case. The special counsel, just so the audience is aware, is recommending against indictment because Joe Biden, let me quote from the special counsel's report, has diminished faculties and faulty memory. They go on to say at times he was asking when he was vice president in their interviews with him. Sam, how can this go on? Yesterday he was confusing the head of Germany under Bill Clinton's administration with someone he spoke to in 2021, even though that very helmet Cole died in 2017, two days before that. It was Francois Mitterrand he was having that same conversation with, Francois Mitterrand, having died 25 years ago. How long can this go on? I I think it can go on until the Democrat National Convention, and then they will replace him. I I believed that for some time, but this is the problem with dementia. And, you know, I, I feel bad for the guy in this sense that, uh, you know, dementia accelerates not in a straight line. You know, it tends to have bumps, right? right? Right. Where, you know, you're you're kind of on a level and then all of a sudden it gets much worse and then you're leveled and it gets much worse. He's clearly gone through another leveling of that disease. Um, He is not with us in any fashion or capacity to be the president of the United States. I don't know if you also saw an interview with uh, former Speaker McCarthy, where he was talking about trying to negotiate the budget deal no, with him. I missed it. And, yeah, he said, listen, I, you could not negotiate with him because he was incapable of it. You know, if it wasn't on his note cards, he couldn't say it. Um, and so, you know, the former Speaker would try to bring up a, a particular issue. And Biden's answer would be, well, I don't have a note card for that. No kidding. Yeah. No and kidding. That is this is damning stuff. Uh, you know, you really cannot continue to present this farce that this man is serving in the capacity of the president of the United States because he doesn't have the capacity anymore to be the president of the United States. If he were somehow the nominee, 
you know, if I were Trump and Biden were the nominee, you know what I would do is I would run my own bloody basement campaign. I would go out and I would take clips of him from his uh, 2016, you know, uh, 20, uh, 2020 run. And I would go ahead and take those clips and compare them to now run 15 seconds of each side by side. People will see the dramatic decline. Um, you can see it in his face. You can see it in his body language and carry carriage. The man is is past the point of being able to function at a high capacity in any role. You know, um, Sam, the bookends of these things um, and the crisis that these things constitute. Um, yes, the age issue, uh, this tremendous diminished uh, capacity, diminished faculties um, at the one end. People don't realize how serious it is. We've got literal wars going on right now uh, with our allies. We have allies that are uh, being looked at by our enemies. I'm thinking of China and Taiwan. I'm thinking of the kinds of summits this man must uh, has to sit through and convey not only where the United States' position is and what the position of the United States is, but that there is something behind it if it is a strong position, that there is some uh, shall we say a puissance or power behind it that propels us? I remind I'm reminded when um, a young John Kennedy in his first year of the presidency thought it would be wise to have a summit with uh, Nikita Khrushchev, uh, and a lot of people warned Kennedy about doing that right so quickly in his first year of the presidency. Kennedy came back and said Khrushchev kicked his you know what. In short order, uh, the Berlin Wall, in short order, the Cuban Missile Crisis, these kinds of things with unsteady American leadership on the world stage, never mind the domestic. We'll get to the domestic in a moment. But these kinds of things are gravely serious. They, they are gravely serious. And we have entered into the most dangerous period in world history post-Soviet Union. I agree. And, and potentially pre-Soviet Union. I mean, interestingly enough, as much as we feared the Soviet Union, they were they, they were in every capacity a rational actor. I agree. From their own point of view. And we had rational presidents from Truman yes. uh, onward that understood the doctrine that was propelling the Soviet Union. We didn't have Americans who were supporting that doctrine. I, I think on many levels we have a we have a more serious issue. Yeah, go ahead. We do, and add in the fact that with people like President G, with people right. like uh, Rouhani and the leaders in Iran, yep, uh, these are not rational actors. Correct, correct, which makes them far more dangerous. And you need somebody who can navigate a, a the most difficult time in U.S. foreign relations and potentially in, in terms of global stability that we've had in probably 100 years. And, you know, I mean, at least since World War II. Really, with, with, by the way, with a White House and State Department that constitutes its own fifth column where the uh, where the where the non-political appointees think it's OK to walk out and marching and march and protest against your own administration's policy. I mean, this is right. what we're dealing with right now. Well, I mean, part of that, again, comes back to not having an actual president. Right. Because if you had an actual president and right. you did that, you're fired. Right. Right. I mean, just gone. Good. Goodbye. Good. Riddance. We don't need you here. Um, but that is never going to come from this administration because there's nobody in a capacity. You know, when you have a committee, 
there are going to be people who are sympathetic to that yes. point of view. Yes, yes. And so you can't really get anything done. And, you know, the, I have talked about this. You and I have talked about this over and over. But at the end of the day, there's no where does the buck stop? There's no buck stop. Well, you know, you raise and that that raises another level of crisis because the buck needs to stop with the vice president. (laughs) And that gives us no better or no greater confidence. Um, uh, Right. I mean, if there's I almost want to ask the question, I don't know if it's true, but it's equiprobable, equally probable. I don't know if the only thing worse than Joe Biden is who replaces him as vice president. I don't know. It's an even question, isn't it? It is. And I think you get part of your answer from the fact that that vice president has not sat Joe's you know, kitchen cabinet, who's ever making the decision for him. Um, they haven't sat them down and said, we're, we're very close to the point where we need to enact the 25th. Well, that's right. And, I want, and I'm going to head into a break here for a second, but I wanted to remind the audience, uh, you well know all this, about how much talk there was of the 25th Amendment during Trump's presidency from Nancy Pelosi downward, from the Speaker of the House down, media everywhere talking about these rumors that there's discussions of invoking the 25th Amendment against President Trump. One scratches their head and wonders in relation to this, how did we ever have that conversation? By the way, a conversation we had really never had before. And it was so novel when Trump was president over what policy disagreements over um, his what attitude um, that <laughs> no one. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. Let me take the break. And like, yeah. Life. Let me let me rest your voice yeah. in mind real quick and we'll come right back. I'm I'm searching for words over the astounding the astounding language in this special prosecutor's report. It may be. Well, I don't know that it's the day the music died and. Sam may be right that it's going to go through August. I don't know that it can. We'll fish it out when we come right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, coming to you from the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group 960 Patriot Studio. The Midas Gold Group is your trusted source for precious metals. Sam Stone is your trusted source for uh, great political analysis and thought. He is the host of Breaking Battlegrounds. You can hear him every Saturday morning with his show at uh, 9 a.m. right here political consultant in town. What does your Twix account say? That Kerry Lake policy guy? Is that what you're... <laughs> is, that yeah. what you're <laughs> is that what you're known as? Uh, apparently, that was... You know, it's funny because I'm traveling around the country right now. We're working ballot initiatives, uh, which are mirrored here in Arizona in about six states. Uh, in fact, we had hearings today for one of them, uh, which is uh, children aren't for sale. It ups the penalty dramatically for people who... Sexually exploit children. Good for you. Um, so we're moving those forward in a number of states, and obviously, I'm having to fly around the country and and talk to uh, you know various potential supporters and legislators and Good. all this sort of thing, and um, which I always enjoy. I, I think there we get insular with our politics in every single state. It's not unique to Arizona, but we we focus on our own issues, the national issues, and I think sometimes it's good. I wish more people in my industry got out and talked to people across a wide range of states um, to see how how various the concerns out there really are and how many things are at issue right now. But all that said, 
as I do this, <laughs> the most common thing I run into is, oh, wait a minute, I know you. You're that Carrie Lake policy guy. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Which, you know what, I am incredibly proud of my work with Carrie Lake and um, the policies that we've put together. Uh, people have not been maybe paying enough attention, you know, for my taste, I'm going to pat myself on the back here, paying enough attention. Donald Trump took our uh, homelessness policy and essentially adapted it to the yeah. federal level yeah. and rolled it out. And we're seeing actually a lot of the things that Carrie and I worked on for her gubernatorial campaign yeah. being adopted yeah. as part of the platform uh, for, for people all across this country. I was remarking yesterday, I mean, Car- yes, I mean, I don't know if there's been a more successful candidate in implementing policy that lost an election than Carrie Lake. I was just pointing out yesterday, I don't know if you knew this, I didn't know until yesterday, that uh, the Super Bowl takes place this Sunday is again going to have two national anthems. But this year, the the leadership at the NFL decided to have the black national anthem lift every voice and sing after the original national anthem because last year they had the black one first and Carrie Lake refusing to stand for it evidently created such a news and headache for everyone, as she was right to refuse to stand for it, um, that they decided, well, let's make it the second one now because that way everyone will already be standing. Did you know that? I did. I I, mean, Aristotle says power is the ability to be and make things be. This is power. (laughs) She's changing the NFL. Yeah. Well, and people, you know, there's been a number of bills that have been forwarded by the legislature. Unfortunately, of course, most of them vetoed by Katie Hobbs. Um, but over the last few years, we've seen the legislature here and in a number of other states adopting different elements of the policy platform that we developed yep. on, on Kerry's campaign. Yep. Um, so it's it's really nationwide that this has taken off and. Um, you know, I think voters have another opportunity, and it's a critical one. We cannot lose the Senate. I don't care how much you may dislike like or dislike Donald Trump. I don't care how much anyone likes or dislikes Kerry Lake. But uh, fundamentally, if you are inclined to vote Republican at all, you agree with those folks far more than you agree with Ruben Gallego, the Democrats. And the things that they are trying to do, if, you know, if people stop and pay attention to what would be happening right now in Washington, D.C., if Republicans did not control the House, uh, what would be happening here in Arizona if Republicans did not have majorities in the state House and Senate? It is insane stuff that they're putting forward. I mean, it's truly insane. You had... um, you saw uh, these Mitzi I, Epstein comments about uh, Jake Hoffman and stuff, that she wants to tran- channel her inner Dr. Ruth about why he wants to keep sex away from kids. I mean, it's really weird. Well, actually, that's a question. You've been traveling to other state legislatures around the country. Is Are they better than ours? Because I got to tell you, I, we're not dealing – you don't have to have Einsteins. I don't necessarily even want Einsteins. But you're not dealing with um, – Joe Biden's here in our state legislature. No, and unfortunately— You're not dealing with Kamala Harris's. That's maybe the better analogy, yeah. Yeah, you know, so, you know, for instance, in in Nebraska, um, where we're working a couple of initiatives and we have to move a a couple of them through the Judicial Committee, which is one of the few committees there that isn't uh, Republican-led. It's a 4-4 committee. Um, 
we've been blessing our lucky stars that there's one Democrat who's an old school Democrat yeah. who's now running for Congress in a slight red district, yeah. a woman named Carol Blood, because she's very reasonable. I can I can disagree with her on 50, 60 percent plus, right, maybe 80. But there's common ground to be found with that person. And you can have an intelligent conversation with that kind of person um, when you're dealing with a lot of these others. Man, it's just impossible. I mean, when you're up there and, you know, one of the leaders of your caucus is praising Satanists. Yeah, I know. You have lost. I know. The, you know, you've jumped the shark. I there's, know. There's really just no excuse for mm-hmm. that kind of pandering. And, and or, or maybe at worst, it's not pandering. No, it's awful. It's it's idiocy at certain levels, and it is pander. It's pandering at certain levels. It's special pleading on others, and it's idiocy. When I testified last to a joint committee, must have been about half a year ago. Um, I was just amazed. There was one Democratic senator uh, who kept talking about um, the uh, Native American genesis. She meant genocide. She used it several times. Uh, there was another one in the House talking about her pansexualism. Quite honestly, I had to go, you know, look it up in real time I, I, as if this was relevant to a discussion about free speech at college campuses. I was just – I was gobsmacked because I grew up here. I remember the Democrats here as well as the Republicans. This is a level of low IQ, low performance and self-serving um, that I, 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 I'm just hoping is not representative around the rest of the country. Unfortunately, it is. And, you know, I know you and I, again, may have certain disagreements with, a, you know, say, a local Democrat like a Catherine Miranda. Well, right? I don't. I, I like her, by the way. But, oh, do we disagree right, so on that? Oh, OK. Yeah. OK. Oh, no, no. So oh, do I. No, oh, okay. um, you know. I probably still disagree with her philosophically 50 percent. Yeah, 30, I probably do, you know, too. Whatever. I yeah. probably do, too. But, but she's reasonable and smart and worth listening to. And she'll listen to us. And here's here's the question I, I have for all the Democrats out there, you know, or, or Republicans who are listening with Democrat friends. Ask your friends this. Who do you feel actually does a better job of representing your interests? Yeah. Is it someone like her yeah. or is it someone like Ana Hernandez, yeah. who is just obsessed with race wars? Yeah, yeah. Uh, boy, you put a lot on the table, and we still have to circle back to Joe Biden, too. Let me uh, take another quick commercial break, Sam, and uh, we'll be right back. Sam Stone is my guest, Breaking Battlegrounds, his show. You can follow him on Twix, Twitter X, at Sam the Paul, Sam the P-O-L. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. There's a little bit of the wall of sound there for you. Uh, a different sound to Sam Stone's voice. Um, he is a political consultant in town. Sam the Paul. We check in with him every Thursday. We more than check in with him. You put a lot on the table in the last segment I wanted to run through, Sam. But one of the things um, I wanted to say, perhaps perhaps my mind is not right on this, but... Uh, as you have been having many more conversations than I have, but I have been having many conversations with Republicans about the candidacy of uh, people they personally have, you know, strong feelings about, whether it's Donald Trump or whether it's Kerry Lake. But, you know, they always preface it with as a Republican, you know, as a Republican. Right. And then the next thing you hear is the personal pronoun I, as a Republican I. I if you're like me, you're finding it increasingly difficult to have political conversations with people who use the word I. 
this game of politics is deadly serious. I shouldn't even call it a game. This business of politics is deadly serious, and it isn't about you. It's about your country. And yeah. the one thing I want to, I mean, among many things, one of the things I want to underscore about what you said is when you look at someone like Carrie Lake's policy, these are, these are, I don't mean it in a diminishing sense, but I mean it in a conventional sense that they're standard conservative principles backed by serious proposals that she represents. I mean, that you've been part and oh, parcel yeah. of all of them. The homeless thing was an incredible piece of work, for example. There are others. And if you look at it and then you want to say, but I have a problem with ellipses, dot, 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 who are you? Who are you? Are, are you an American? Do you care about this country? Do you about, care about the kids? Do you care about the future? Do you think Ronald Reagan was just joking when he said freedom is a precious thing and we can lose it in a generation? How far along in that 30-year generation do you think we are right now? I'd say at about 29 years myself. Anyway, we're, we're I get very frustrated on these things. No, you're— you and I are 100% on the same page with this. And and this is one of the things that I, I really don't understand because the, the fundamental you know issue that people have with Carrie Lake is the issue about elections. Um, and, you know, with Trump, obviously it ties to January 6th. The January 6th thing, in a certain sense, I actually understand where people are coming from more than with questioning of elections. And the reason is simple is that if you're, uh, if if you're not an adherent of of Tucker Carlson and uh, people who have put out the actual J6 videotapes, then you might believe the narrative, right? You might truly believe that it was an insurrection when the evidence suggests no such thing. Um, but on the other hand, I think it's very different when you're saying that uh, somebody doesn't have a right to question whether an election was run competently, especially when we've seen all the problems that we had last cycle, when we've seen the issues with ballots just being, you know, all over the place with this mail mail ballot program. So, look, if you're that certain our elections are right, then just, you know, wipe it off and ignore what she's saying on that front. And like you said, Seth, focus on the rest of it. And the rest of it is very mainline Republican, with the potential exception that, frankly, we dug in on details and and the process more than almost anyone else does. I totally agree with that. And I'll say another thing um, that may or may not make people feel uncomfortable um, about my position on this. But when people talk to me about Donald Trump's view of the 2020 election or Carrie Lake's view about the 2022 election— you want to know something? I don't really care. You know why? It doesn't affect me. I don't care what they think. Yeah. I really don't care. It doesn't affect our children. It doesn't affect what's going on in our schools. It doesn't affect what's going on with our curricula. It doesn't affect what's going on with our judiciary. It doesn't affect what's going on with our economy. It doesn't affect what's going on with our uh, foreign policy and national defense. It, I, I don't care what they think about that. It honestly is the last thing I care about what they think about. Honestly, it has no effect. As Thomas Jefferson said about another situation, it neither picks my pocket nor breaks my leg. I would go a step further, Seth. I agree with 100% of everything you just said. I will add this. Let's say that Donald Trump and Carrie Lake uh, get their way on elections. Between the two of them, they could structure our elections however they want it. Well, what would they be doing? Yeah. Hand count, pre-stained votes, same-day voting. Like, I'm sorry, you know, the, the worst case scenario 
is that you would end up with a slightly more cumbersome process to cast your ballot, yeah. meaning you'd have to go somewhere yeah. instead of doing it from your couch. Right. That's at the worst case. That's the at worst the worst case, case the screws to the um, doors of integrity would be a little tighter. At the worst yeah. case. Okay. That's it. Take a quick break with Sam Stone. We'll come back to Joe Biden at all, etc. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Sam Stone is my guest. Sam, you have a great name because it's like it invokes so many Im- such imagery like a cowboy. You have boots. I've seen you in jeans and boots. Do you go out dancing? Do you, do you, do you go put on the country? Do you, do, you, do you go up to Handlebar Jays or anything like that and do country dancing? Uh, so I actually did used to do some country dancing. I have yeah. a very I, I I'm at the point of needing a second knee surgery. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, as as happens to so many of us as you age into towards your fifties, or as you dance um, a lot. Yes, and well, in my case, played a lot of sports. So I'm, I've already in my life had one surgery on each knee, and I'm at the point where I need a second on one of them. So no dancing in the near term. Okay, but you know. A scope and a scope and, and and someone pulls a ligament from somewhere else in my body and we're good to go. Line right. it is. All right. Well, maybe uh, maybe we'll go and you can play it as a spectator sport and uh, <laughs> and uh, and watch uh, watch uh, the the fumes of your old flames on the floor. Sam Stone, my guest. Uh, follow him on Twix, Twitter X at uh, Sam the Paul P O L. Let's go back to Joe Biden a moment and this 25th Amendment stuff, Sam. It's a complicated amendment. It's one of the few that when raised so much during the Trump tenure, people had to go and like read it a few times because it had lain so dormant. It's like not the First Amendment or the Second Amendment or the Fifth or the Eighth or the Tenth that we all kind of are familiar with or the 14th or the 13th or what have you. It was so hoary, H-O-A-R-Y, so old and dusty that when the Democrats uh, brought it back to life because they didn't like Donald Trump's temperament, that it was outrageous. And the media ran with it. And you got leaks from cabinet officials are seriously considering the use of the 25th Amendment again to oust President Trump. Absurd no, we, at every those level. Those might have been yeah. leaks, or those might have been just made up. Well, of course the they were, and if they were leaks, right, we they were know. yeah. And if they were leaks, they were from people that we had never heard of, who were the assistant deputy secretary to the deputy of nothing. I mean, right. like we had with anonymous in the New York Times. Remember this very high placed yes. oh, yeah. <laughs> official. No one yeah. had heard of. Maybe you had. Uh, I hadn't. No, okay. nobody. That, had. I was talking like, to someone the other day who knew of him. I don't remember who it was, but. Uh, Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, Yeah, none of us (laughs) heard of him or the position. We didn't even know that was a position in the federal government. But that having been said, um, yes. So it's triggered by a cabinet. I suppose it can be triggered by a vice president pushing the cabinet. He hasn't even had a cabinet meeting since October. Um, And it can also be done through the House of Representatives in legislation, but it would never probably go through the senate no but there is a crisis here sam we are in the midst of who are the four democrats who are the three democrats who are the two democrats with stature and seriousness and sobriety who can walk in to his office like goldwater and rhodes did with nixon and say you gotta go sir this this marvin k mooney will you please go now as dr seuss would say who are there is nobody there is nobody. I mean, you know, they, this is the the sort of fundamental issue with the Democrat Party right now 
is that there Nancy Pelosi has always been fantastic and remains fantastic at marshalling her troops for a vote. Yeah. Um, but she is never going to be the one to do that. Yeah. Um, nor would she really have the moral authority to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I mean, beyond her, who's the leader of the Democrat Party? It, it's not uh, it's not Jeffries. It's not the speaker. Um, it is, it, you know, it, it, uh, Kamala, it Kamala Harris thinks it should be her. Gavin Newsom probably thinks it's him. And he might be right. I don't know. I don't know. Actually, I, I, I think, honestly, the second leader of the Democrat Party is probably a, a Casio-Cortez. Wow. I, I mean, in terms of actual, like... Ability. She's not marshalling the troops, but in terms of ability and who's Ability to attract attention to. and talk, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, wow. I mean, so... The crisis of leadership with Nixon was at the very top. What you're saying is that the crisis of leadership runs deep here. Well, you know, I I saw another thing today by John Fetterman talking about, you know, stop stop with this garbage protecting Hamas. Demand they surrender. Demand they turn over all the hostages. You know, and here's what I found interesting. I guess two things. One he has clearly done a great deal of work, and kudos to him on overcoming the speech issues that he had post-stroke. Because yeah. uh, he was he was much clearer in what he was saying than I've ever heard before. Okay. Um, but secondly, in terms of moral clarity, that's the only Democrat voice I can point to right now who has moral clarity on any issue. I was just sitting here while you were talking about Fetterman, and you know what was interesting about Fetterman when he was running, and he was of much more diminished capacity, that he seems to have, you know, healed out of over time. And he's not perfectly there yet, but he's he's made a remarkable recovery. Yeah, he's improved. And uh, arguably, maybe that's not what the job of the Senate should be, (laughs) earn while you learn kind of thing. But he has... His trajectory is going in the opposite direction of Joe Biden's, that's for certain. But I remember during the campaign, there was a, I believe it, I can't remember her name, reporter for NBC, one lonely reporter who came out and said, something's not right here, folks. And she broke it to the public. Do you remember this? She said, you know, he can't answer questions. He needs to look on a computer and a transcript to have questions. This, something's not, and, and everyone attacked her like they... You know, everyone attacked her for the child declaring the emperor had no clothes on. And um, where's that reporter here? Where's that? Is this why he's not doing Scott Pelley? They don't put him in front of reporters because they're afraid some reporters going to see this. Is that what that's about with Biden? Oh, for sure. With Biden, you mean? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. No, without a question. Uh, Without any question at all. And I have had the suspicion for some time. I talked to a uh, physician friend of mine and, and said, you know, Here's the thing. He does have very lucid moments at times in front of the camera, and you can see the difference. It, it affects his entire demeanor. But then at those same times, uh, that period will pass, and it, you can almost watch the balloon deflate. And her take was, which I, I have no reason to, to doubt, is they're, they're shooting him up with adrenaline. I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, um, but, you know, you made the point, too, early on in the first segment of this hour that, you know, it, these things don't happen in straight lines. I think that was your phrase. There are moments of lucidity that anyone going through the throes of this stuff certainly can have. And I don't know what this stuff is, but 
yeah, who knows? I, I just don't know. Her point was there are ways to okay. very temporarily prop people up okay. medically. Okay. Right. Um, and, and that was one of them. You can you can also do you know um, you basically like hit you know have them put them on an oxygen mask, solid oxygen. Yeah, maybe oxygen, right? but so, also it explains yeah. these long vacations or, or this, right. this the, the the continuing vacations, the excessive vacations. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's very, very clear at this point that that they cannot risk putting him in front of anybody because it, you know, sooner or later, some journalist is not going to be. Who was it that did the fawning all over him thing a couple of weeks ago? Um, oh, I see. There's a guy be... on Fox News who does it often. He was an old yeah. uh, uh, Obama guy, yeah, an economics guy, Robert something or so, other. Yeah. So you right. get that every so often, yeah, and yeah. put him in front of somebody yeah. who they're very sure would never betray him. Yeah. Um, but they will not put him in front of. I mean, he hasn't faced the press since October. It's an incredible thing. It's a. The, you want a constitutional crisis? We got one. Sam Stone, we love you, brother. I got to let you go. Feel better. Seth, pleasure as always. All right. Portions of the show brought to you by our good friends at Y-Refi. They have a secure collateralized portfolio and an investment in it as an opportunity for you where you can earn up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return, 10.25% fixed rate of return. It's not tied to the stock market or the Federal Reserve, and it invests you with a ton of flexibility and control. You can turn your income on or off. You can compound it, whatever you like. There is uh, no attack on principle. If you ever need your money back, there are absolutely no fees. You get a monthly statement, no surprises. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com. Or give them a call at 888-YREFI-24, 888-YREFI-24. You can visit them, too. They're headquartered here right in Phoenix, offices on Chauncey Lane in North Phoenix. You won't get a sales pitch. And you won't be asked to sign a thing. You talk to Don and you play trumpet, he may offer you the opportunity to honk on one of his. He's a good trumpet player. Um, as with any crisis in our country with an individual, including one who's not, and particularly one who's not a member of the party I support, uh, we should take no joy and push no humor over the crisis that we are bearing witness to. Conversation I just had with Sam Stone regarding Joe Biden. It's not a laughing matter. You read this special prosecutor's report and you have a president about whom serious special serious federal uh, federal prosecutors say, is a man of diminished faculty who doesn't remember such things as when he was vice president. I saw someone on TV saying, I didn't even know President Monroe, but I could tell you when he was in office. We don't expect maybe that level, but the point abides. Do you think Joe Biden knows when Lincoln was president? Do you think he could say the years? Do you think he knows who his last Supreme Court nominee was? Do you think he could come up with the name Katanji Brown Jackson? Do you think he could? This is not a laughing matter. And when I posed that question to Sam about who are the adults who could do or say something about this to him, the Hugh Scotts, the 
Barry Goldwaters, the John Rhodeses, as they discussed with Nixon, his inability to have any more support in the Senate. It is a scary proposition that you can't think of very many Democrats who would. It's an even scarier proposition to think of what comes next. These are serious times, folks. And for all the blather of a constitutional crisis from the years 2017 to 2020, we have one now. God bless and save the United States of America. Until tomorrow, thank you, Mr. Dahl. Thank you, Mr. Bill. Thank you, Teresa. I'm Seth Liebson. Class dismissed.